0: Hello and welcome to reanimated this is a podcast about all things zombie undead otherwise moldering in the grave or without uh, above the grave my name is Stuart, and one of your hosts i'm coming from california coming at us from the east coast from new york from the borough of brooklyn is uh, our other amazing host of this podcast and that is ha conrad hello ha hello hello welcome thanks for coming on to the show
1: you know, it's what we do. It's
0: what we do. It is. It tends to be what we do. We have a doozy of a show today because we are going through four, not one or two or three, but four episodes of Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, and oh, my God, it hurt me. It hurt me in more ways than one.
1: Oh, this hurt in so many ways, but I kind of still agree with our decision to do this. Ripping off the Band-Aid or just like diving straight in. To the morass of these episodes, I think was the right way to do it.
0: Perhaps. I mean, time will tell. I guess we still have another eight to go to kill this season off if it will die or if it will <laughs> just wander around aimlessly I- through the Texan wastes.
1: I mean, it is The Walking Dead, so this is sort of on brand, right? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Just wandering
1: and, and anyway, anyway, it's a Walking Dead franchise in any case. Um, before before we get into that, um, just a couple of very, very brief uh, news items. Um, you know, uh, the, the wrap up of The Walking Dead. Uh, there's like a whole little thing about that. Um, you know, do you want to talk about that at all?
0: just that it was kind of everywhere if you follow any I mean I, I guess I follow them on Instagram so I kept seeing like you know Angela Kang posting like you know little videos of the cast and crew kind of all celebrating the last shot um and then I guess uh, Nicotero and Redis did like a heartfelt video and have been you know they're wrapping up 11 years of their life
1: yeah, and honestly, it made me a little sad, like just seeing some of those things. I know that a lot of them are doing spinoffs, so that's fine. Like, yeah, but, Nicotero
0: and Rita are going to be working together, I assume, on the next show. But maybe that's just like yeah. another couple years, and then they'll be done.
1: Yeah. Um. So it was a little. I don't know. I kept seeing them on their 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 Instagram feed, so I was like, oh. Um. But yeah. So there there we have it. Um. And then. Slightly older news. I guess we just didn't talk about this or didn't see it, but they it made sort of a, a resurgence. But um, the the spin-off of uh Tales of the Walking Dead is going to feature Samantha Morton, like a story about her as the the leader of the whisperers. Um so I think she's just gonna be in one episode, but they're not like getting into much more than that. But uh, you know, it, it's she's kind of an interesting, weird character. So
0: definitely I, I, a yeah, character who could more stories could be told about alpha and, and her rise to power for sure they did a few like retrospectives about her but yeah. um definitely could see some more there and uh and the, the new the reason why this news popped up this weekend or, or in the last couple week couple days is that they just cast uh lauren Glazer to be in that episode and uh, glazier is uh, an alumnus of mind hunters which is a show i think that you and i both enjoy
1: Oh, yeah. And I mean, we had talked about the cast before, but it's got a lot of people in it that are should be very familiar to everybody. But Anthony Edwards, Parker Posey, Olivia Munn uh, and Beth Davids, who I absolutely adore. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, and then, of course, uh, Danny Ramirez from The Falcon and Winter Soldier um, and Jesse Usher from The Boys. Um, so there's like a lot of people in this Um, and I'm assuming these are like little like single episodes um, that they're just going to explore. But it's kind of like a short stories of Walking Dead, I suppose. But um, so anyway, looking forward to, to seeing that, actually. Um, but. What we are not looking forward to seeing or talking about is the recap of this Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, as you may have surmised, gentle listener, this was just painful for us anyway. Um, I kind of just decided to sort of take a, I don't know, I, I view it as a Kyle Diaz way of looking at it. Just like, you know, embracing some of the the badness and terribleness. Um, Kyle and Diaz I,
0: forswore this entire franchise like no, five no, years no. ago.
1: He forswore it. I'm just talking about his general uh, attitude when he dives into shows, or at least this is what I choose to believe. It's probably incorrect, but um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, we decided to go through these four episodes just because it was sort of uh, not sort of. It was kind of unbearable. It was unbearable to to go through them one or two at a time. So we are reviewing, uh, recapping uh, the the final four that were part of this half season or whatever it is. So till death reclamation, the portrait and Padre. Um, And unfortunately I have to say, I have to admit, it was almost worse than I could possibly have imagined.
0: Um, So there were one or two spots of lightness or brightness here. And uh, in this first episode till death, I mean, that's Aisha Tyler, um, kind of a, a very different turn for her. I don't I haven't seen her do any dramatic acting before or maybe even any acting. Uh I've definitely heard her on podcasts, seen her do stand up, seen her be a host of shows. She is a bright, sparkling, witty person.
1: Yeah, no, she uh Aisha Tyler was the bright spot in this. It's just the whole some of the storyline and it's weird. Um I guess like even watching these four episodes it felt um like I don't want to say cartoonish, but sort of cartoonish. No,
0: yeah, hundred percent. I'm with you. I'm
1: with like and sort of exploring these weird themes that are just very odd. And um, especially in this one, it had this like pulpy, weird. feeling to it or tone to it that just didn't seem based in any kind of reality so um with that said uh but she was amazing i thought aisha taylor was wonderful and in fact i was just kind of like this is not i wish we had a bit more of this or there was like this had been dust. I'd rather see more of her than some of the other themes of this episode.
0: One of my um, big questions from this episode was who gave Sherry a horse again? Where, like, so this is a big Dwight and Sherry episode. This kind of yeah. reintroduces us to them as the, think, these dark horses. This is their,
1: <laughs> in this general, is their,
0: their, their right. um, mercenary name or whatever as their group yeah. name.
1: Um, In general, where are all these horses coming from? This is a big freaking mystery. Is there an underground paddock that they're using? How are they feeding these things in a world that has been laid to waste by, you know, uh, radiation? (laughs) Like, like these horses would not be alive. No, especially with with
0: Sherry, who has been killed. Well, at the end of last season, she just killed a horse for no reason, like rode it to death. Uh, And then their other horse pulled the doors off of their storm cellar and then ran into the fallout. So I, we assumed that that horse was dead too, but clearly horses are immune to radiation on this show. So they just, there's, they're everywhere.
1: Yeah. But in any case, we see a lot of, of Dwight and Cherry, as, you know, some may or may not remember. They ended up in like the basement of this house after helping uh, the family there, get rid of some bad, bad people. Teddy, Teddy
0: people. They teddy were, te- people. They were uh, yeah. Teddy cultists who had like had a second thoughts and decided to take shelter.
1: <laughs> but weirdly, and honest, honestly, like this is like just beyond the the realm of anything that is believable. Um, during this this sort of like fo- post fallout, uh, Dwight and Sherry have decided to become kind of like a strange little vigilante cowboy gang called the Dark Horses, and utilize entirely my favorite mechanism on this show walkie talkies um, to mm. widely. <laughs> Widely, uh, um, I don't know, both to I guess get people like it's like they have a code, and oh, it's they, not
0: like they have a code that you know do, that they have a code, HA, because they never they stop talking, talking about, about code. their
1: code, their code, um, and also people are able to get on this one channel that apparently everybody knows about um, and advertise their whereabouts. And they sort of go into these bizarro situations where they save fruit for people and well, they they murder people
0: for taking fruit and they
1: murder other people because it's part of their code. Um, And then they come back to the basement and then there's the underlying uh, theme, which we started to see, obviously, in the, the last episode about looking for Padre, whatever the heck that is, which is, I guess, the the promised land where everybody is good and non-radiated. Um, I mean,
0: it's where Kim Dickens is. Let's just yeah, be honest with ourselves. We know,
1: we know, we know, but then shouldn't they call it Madre? Just <laughs> right. Um, anyway, so, so they go on this adventure, but they get like pulled into strands like tentacles for a very unlikely reason. Um, though I really do love Aisha Taylor. Um, but they're supposed to go and find her because she, they, you know, Strand says they're worried about her. Um, but, you know, ostensibly it's because she's escaped from his weird little complex um, and may have something else going on. Um, and we do get to see her and this, it's this whole thing. And they've done this kind of theme before and they did it um, in The Walking Dead with the Whisperers and Beta but she is a minor celebrity that like a wrestling team. um, And that's her whole like reason for living is that she's looking for her other and her character's name is Mickey. She's looking for her better half and um, managed to escape the tower covered in telephone books. Um, And okay. before
0: Back back a little bit uh, when Dwight and Sherry are in the tower, um, I just have to remark upon this. Christina Vangelista is playing uh, Sherry. She's wearing like these ridiculously tight clothes, and they're all very clean and laundered. And it just kind of sent me back on one of these things that I think about with Walking Dead every so often, which is some characters. And I'm really just thinking of Dwight, and maybe for most the most time, most of the time, Rick, too. Look the part. They look like they've been living outside for 10 years. Like Dwight's neck beard is something to be like written Uh, about in books. He His shirts are dirty. Even when he changes shirts, he just puts on another dirty looking shirt like Sherry when she's in the tower. And I assume this is what she was been riding around in is wearing like fashionably uh, like not, I don't know what these pants are called these days, but they're like four inches too short. They're like 2022 fashionable right and she's wearing a shirt that looks like it's painted on her uh and then um
1: very very clean so clean there's no sweat
0: marks (laughs) there's no dirt
1: what i was also thinking what i was also thinking about is that the actor who who plays dwight has to go through that makeup all the time for him wondering is
0: his facial scar getting more gnarly or is it uh, i was kind of thinking i should do a side by side it looks like it's maybe it's just his hair is weirder
1: I think his hair is weirder, but I do think that the scar has morphed a bit and they've done a little bit more. But I mean, it's got to be an incredibly long process in the makeup chair every day. Yeah. Even if they use a prosthetic to kind of cover some of this, that's still like an intense process. Got to um, be. But they also so, do
0: a yeah. wardrobe change in this episode. Like right after the scene in the tower, they they leave the tower and suddenly Sherry's wearing a different shirt. And this one has like a little strappy thing that we see later when, after they've had the fight in the grapple chapel. And again, this shirt is clean. Uh, Mickey is at least wearing like a gray t-shirt that's kind of rumpled. And, and she gets covered up in blood and tactical gear a lot of the time. But I don't I mean I, I just wish they would apply things evenly and, and what Dwight is 100% living up to my expectations of what people should look like 10 years after the apocalypse when you basically look you should look like you're homeless. Right, And he does, for the most part. But Sherry Sherry looks like she's stepping out of the pages of a catalog, and it doesn't make sense. All the
1: time, all the time, and especially all this time on Horseback, on our mysterious, um, radioactive, resistant
0: horses. Um, They used to do this with Alicia, too. Like, Alicia's hair was always kind of immaculate and never gnarled up. And And she
1: always looked amazing. Yep, it's true. These
0: days, obviously, we'll get there, but she's not looking 100%, and there's reasons, but uh, it's still... Yeah, I don't know. I just, again, this is just a, a pet peeve, I think, that I've always had with the show, but it was very apparent in Sherry in this episode. Right.
1: Um, so anyway, we follow them through this unlikely scenario and then they go back and forth because they've been promised a place in the tower. Um if they bring Mickey back and obviously they know that Strand wants her for some other reason they know that and
0: so do we know um, what that reason is other than that she's a badass no, and the fact not that he really. thinks that she has information that could be dangerous to him
1: yeah and again just the idea that it's just cuz she escaped seems a little far fetched um but you know ultimately instead Sherry decides to help Mickey find her person
0: well, This and, is also after they find that the Larson family has been brutally murdered, uh, including the young girl who we just got introduced to.
1: They have reasons. And but it's this like bizarre thing where it's like, OK, they're with this family. The family like we we need to go. Well, where are you going to go? And you don't know where Padre is. So how are you going to find it? And so I don't think that it was crazy to stay in that basement while they kind of figure things out. It all seems just very odd and unlikely. Again, in they, they've created this themselves, the writers, but this whole scenario that and world that they have created is just none of these people would be alive um, and certainly not finding enough food to keep all of these people plus horses going, um, no matter how miraculous that tower is of hydroponic food sources. Um, but anyway, they go and they're looking for Mickey there's some like cool scenes with her. Um, you know, d- just in general, I think she's a great actor and I really enjoyed every bit of her on scene. Um, I think she um is just this great addition, but all the stuff with Sherry and Dwight seems absolutely insane to me. And, you know, they they decide to examine once again. The whole theme that they have escaped uh, Negan and and that whole, the sanctuary, and they keep bringing that up. And it's like, well, yeah, of course, you, you two wouldn't be buying into this. I don't believe Dwight would have been buying into the whole um tower scenario and having a place there, this is exactly what they left, but they need to hit you over the head with it, which I really honestly resented a bit. Um, I don't know. What did you think about that? (laughs) I
0: I thought it was a little stupid that Sherry is once again leaving Dwight. Uh, I mean, they made it sound like it was more just like a a relationship disagreement and that they would be fine and meet up later. Yeah. Obviously, Dwight has to go through some stuff in the meantime and has to also reunite with the New Yorker with the dragon fruit um, I don't know why all these East Coast people are, are, are in Texas.
1: I know, I know. But, um,
0: yeah, He finds the Polaroids and the, the, the Strand had basically hired this guy to to take them out and so that persuades him that he was making the wrong choice when, like you said, he's already been down this road, he's done this before. Um, Sherry talks about, she's talking to Mickey about we used to, we we once went to a guy like a Strand for uh, to save us and it almost destroyed us. She doesn't mention that It got her sister killed. She doesn't even mention that part of it uh, because, you know, that was so many seasons ago. Who can even keep track, I guess.
1: Right. And then the other thing, which I was just like, oh, please just stop. They keep talking about how great it was that they found each other and how unlikely. Yeah, it's unlikely. Completely implausible. Completely (laughs)
0: implausible. Those letters had, I mean, the fact that she was even leaving notes for, for Like for a person that she, for all she knew was, had been killed in the savior war makes zero sense. Yeah.
1: So in any case, all this leads into them going to try to find Mickey's partner. And And this um, is
0: uh, so, okay. I love the song. Welcome to Jamrock by junior gong. Uh, And it was probably good. Maybe just because I like the song, but it was very strange. Do they do musical fight montages a lot on this show or in the walking dead?
1: No, not really. That definitely stood out. And I did like the idea that it was a fight montage, but again, it's... Um,
0: when they do musical montages, it's usually like, we're building a community or right. we're, we're all usually, raking leaves together or something. It's not,
1: I mean, they might do some dramatic music a little bit, but not like a montage. Um, so that was a little un- unusual. Also, they probably had to pay a ton of money to use that song. So that's interesting. Oh, I wonder if it was
0: Lenny, uh, Lenny James, who, who, he was the director for this episode too. I don't know if that was one of his choices or Aisha Tyler was like, I'm not going to be in your show unless I get to do a violent montage to junior gong.
1: Right. I also like how they bring WWE into this, just like a wrestling thing. Um, (laughs) cool. And you know, this is the whole thing where she's like this celebrity and Dwight's like, Dwight, he's like, this huge fan not just of her like fan in a way that's like he knows the moves which again do you find this likely i do not um but that's how where they go with this and can we talk about the fight montage though because there this is one of many things that i saw in this episode in terms of them taking down walkers but um just like they go in the, the whole sort of place where they're supposed to be finding her, uh, significant other is, um, this gym basically. And they, you know, get, get her all like dolled, get Mickey all like dolled up or put into her outfit, her telephone book outfit to go. And like, you know, they do the guts thing to get her so she can go and check and see where he is. There doesn't seem to be a huge amount of planning or like, strategy into this because there's just like this herd of walkers however the herd is not so insane that they wouldn't be able to draw this group away and sort of like divide and conquer right
0: probably yeah the the banging sign i think might have been the problem but they couldn't
1: well the banging sign sure but you're talking about people that are very skilled in this and instead they kind of go into this and then sherry does a crazy thing like breaks the whole door of this gym. And like, there's like a swarm of them coming in. It does set it up so that they're in the the ring um, and they get to do like lots of cool things related to that. So that was fun. But again, this is very exaggerated and not, and I I, probably, it's not supposed to be, but I say like cartoonish and
0: odd. Yeah, The show has taken a turn from gritty and, you know, air quote, realistic zombie apocalypse to much more of a, like you said, at the beginning, it's just, this is a cartoon, just live action. Um, between strand and uh, and their their set pieces, their action, the dialogue, the plot, it's becoming much more uh, ridiculous and abstract. Um, yeah. yeah. And so-, so by the end of this episode, uh, after after the the cool fight scene and, and answering the radio to go on yet another rescue mission, now with Mickey apparently fine with being their sidekick, yeah. uh, they get ambushed <laughs> by a uh, Tuscan Raider. Uh, who says, take us to Padre. And that's, that's the end of um, that episode and good riddance. I actually don't see Mickey again after this, even though she's referenced. Isn't that weird?
1: Yeah, I know. Right. Like, again, it's like, Hmm, I wonder what their, <laughs> I wonder what the the contract was or like, you know, it's, it's interesting, but. Um, this next one is
0: called Reclamation and this is an uh... Althea episode. Not just, you know,
1: you know, I'm Althea and her freaking camera. I'm so excited to talk about this. At the end
0: of this episode, she smashes the camera, but we've had our hopes up before about this stupid character and they've always brought her back and they find another camera or they strap her to a GoPro and send her into a building with Dwight. Like the, I'm, I'm sorry. Fool me once. Shame on me. You rather. I don't know what's going on anymore. Uh, Al is recording videos and talking to the camera. I really dislike this mechanism. They go back to it over and over in this episode where apparently she's talking to Isabel and Isabel is just silently filming her. And this is the weirdest relationship I've ever heard of in my life where, where Al is just talking to her girlfriend who is silently just taping everything she says. Um, Right. And this this, is
1: I mean, this feels totally like a farewell episode. I had a lot of hopes about where this was going and it didn't go there. I thought
0: she died a few times and I was so excited for it. Every time she was about to die, I would write in my notes. I think Al's about to die, you know, tee hee hee. No, she didn't die. Spoiler alert, she's still alive at the end.
1: Yep. Um,
0: Uh, And so Morgan is trying to persuade Al to come back. He has off screen like in some, you know, in the interceding episodes, gotten everybody else from that fort where they were staying uh and uh, they they, again once again lucy daniel i don't think charlie gets one uh sarah i'll get these like two second clips they had to show up to work to be in this episode again for like just a second uh just to say why the hell are you recording this right now um and before <laughs> like because they haven't had anything else to do they've been in the sarah episode and now they were in this one for 20 seconds this is the whole season the whole half season daniel yeah. and charlie and uh not sarah had her whole own episode uh wendell not in the wendell wesley they all got to show up to work for two days and yep. it. god that's just i don't know man i, I hope that they're getting paid even for episodes they're not in, that probably doesn't make sense. I don't think that's how this stuff works. Yeah,
1: and can we be honest? We've always wanted more of a Daniel and Lucy episode anyway, and we don't get to see enough of them. We just get all this Althea nonsense, so yay. Um, yeah, uh, and, and so this, uh,
0: it's also, so it's Morgan, uh, Grace shows up to uh, Al, and these two CRM soldiers are kind of like everybody, right? That's like the whole episode. And mm-hmm. Isabel shows up at the very end. Um, yep. And, we- and
1: can, we, can we talk about how, once again, Althea's like all of her driving thing is about her freaking weird video stories again
0: oh, to the to the nth degree where she's again. like again choosing <laughs> like, her camera on. over over Isabel at the end and Morgan's like this is weird <laughs> I have to agree with Morgan uh, yeah makes yeah no sense um,
1: and again this is like they bring the CRM into this they bring in the whole fact that they get the coordinates to uh, Daniel and Lucy at, Atal and that Isabel has put herself into danger again um, or danger forever with the CRM because she basically rescues them um, as we saw in the helicopter, like, you know, the the daring helicopter and unlikely helicopter rescue scene. Um, Can we talk about how well if she's flying around in a helicopter and they've got like tracking or whatever it is, of course they're going to find her. So maybe it's time to pitch <laughs> in the helicopter and not go to a place that is perhaps mapped out, which it's like, there's just so many implausible things. Um, And they intersperse as you mentioned the entire episode with these like bizarre video clips. And I guess you're supposed to feel like, nostalgic about it all I can think is no not again
0: please stop please just stop uh yeah you can turn the transponder off too if that's the like whatever the the thing that was transmitting she could have just turned it off if she knew what she was doing also can we also just quickly uh mention that Al I think flies a helicopter in this episode
1: yes when did that happen when did that happen
0: She's always had like this ridiculous encyclopedic knowledge of things that she should have no knowledge of because of uh, quote journalism. <laughs> it's always been ridiculous, uh, but this was maybe the most stupid thing that this show has ever done is to suggest that Al knows how to fly a helicopter because journalism or whatever. Uh, she also knows how to you know operate a, a medieval cannon. And apparently so does Morgan, even though he'd never seen one until nighttime when he's trying to fix the fuse that um, Al had, you know, that screwed up. So there are just there's just like nonstop problems with this one. Uh, Also, the fact that the CRM, how many times did they do a countdown?
1: Oh, shoot so somebody. many times. It was like so eight times.
0: They're like, okay, on one or whatever it is they say. And then they never do it. All they do is shoot at MRAPs, which are bulletproof. Like they, this is, this is probably the worst thing I've ever seen.
1: Okay. Right. Um, and also one of my least favorite things, the drama with the walkie talkies. Don't kill her. She's my life. Oh, like all this like crazy stuff where people are on walkie talkies and yep. It's just insane. We have so, a daughter. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know that we need to talk too much more about this other than to say farewell, Althea. I hope. but I I, hope. I I doubt it's gone. But anyway, she and Isabel are going off into the sunset, potentially being tracked, and she no longer has her video camera. But I think she will still find another one.
0: Yeah. There's no way she doesn't end up with a camera because <laughs> Shambles and Goldberg, because of them. Uh, so the portrait this is uh, where we get to see how weird Victor is, I guess. Also like what a, still continuing in this cartoonish mode, uh, he's he, the beginning of it is him sitting for this portrait. Uh, and then he even though it's like a photorealistic painting by the by the time that sequence is done, he's like, oh, it sucks. you can't see me. Nobody can. And I'm just like, why does anybody hang out with this guy? He is the worst
1: he's also becoming like this, like, this is what, you know, Victor used to be one of my favorite characters and they have made him so like mustache twirly, that villainous, that it's just really hard to, you know, um, it's just very hard to, to deal with this. Um, I don't know. I just like all the things that happen in this. And I mean, like, it it just to me is like it's just so bizarre um and still there's all these things that they're like we don't want to talk about alicia we don't talk about alicia or like whatever it might be there's all this stuff that they just don't have these honest conversations so there's very like veiled and cloaked things about like oh alicia wouldn't want to find me and whatever it's like oh yeah because she threw her boyfriend off the roof or something you know like there's all these like dumb dumb things that go on in this um so i again all the things you and I hate the most about this series are, th- to me, most evident in this. Although the next episode, again, has similar horrible things. But
0: like a lead among like crazy things that happened in this episode. And I can't really decide if this is a good thing or a bad thing is they actually have Morgan poison Strand in this episode, which is extremely unlike like unlike Morgan, the way that they've been writing him on this show. And right. I think that's why they did it. And that's why like it worked. And it's why Strand was taken in and even howard is like i didn't expect that at all uh <laughs> you know and i don't know what was your what was your take on that it's it's a very un morgan like thing to do but this um, characters also, can change right
1: it's an unmorgan like thing to do and also it puts him and all these other people in danger because yeah. you know there's lots of things going on and also if it's so evident like his hand is stained with the poison yeah. So so like they're not going to notice that before the end of this episode. Unlikely. And um, he
0: didn't think that his daughter was going to have to be on a course of antibiotics and would have to they'd have to stay there for a couple of days while Strand slowly right. succumbed to poisoning.
1: Right. It just is like kind of odd. Um. And then there's so much back and forth. And this is like how they really love to examine the different, you know, character flaws and and humanity and, you know, what what civilization is like after this and so you have these insanely annoying back and forth between strand and um and morgan and then putting in the middle of all this the baby mo Mm -hmm. and you've got like morgan like oh i won't leave without the baby give me the baby and then suddenly strand is all into the baby it's like (laughs) what. Like this is just bananas. Yeah, um, I
0: also was very. And talks
1: about his dad. I'm like, are we going into Wait. this insane like therapy oh, yeah. session here? <laughs> like, what is happening? Well, he was um, he was
0: poisoned at the time, but yeah, I, I was not a fan of the dangling the baby, a real baby, in front of human. I act-
1: know this. In front of human kid.
0: actors painted as zombies, and I don't know if they were making noises or if they were saying coochie coochie coo. Maybe uh, you know, and it was looped in later. But that, I was
1: thinking the same thing. I'm like, this poor little kid. Like, I don't know. Maybe there wasn't anybody there, and they like put those in later. I don't know see the
0: arms. I'm I know, feeling.
1: I know. I just can't. Like, it was very hard to watch this poor because you know that looks pretty scary, <laughs> and she was crying. So yeah. I don't know. Um, mm, ethical issues here, I'd say.
0: <laughs> Definitely ethical issues. June also says something super dumb and annoying in this episode because she's like the only medical professional left in the world potentially. And I, I I buy that, but she's like, not only is she now she was an ER nurse before. Right now she's a pediatrician. She's also like a radiation doctor uh, and and talks about methylene blue and Prussian blue and this whole Prussian blue thing. Apparently it is a real thing too, by the way. Um, And so is methylene blue, (laughs) but you know, whether they need to lean on it quite as much as they have been, I don't know, but she says something super dumb here, which was that, John Dory's junior um, died because he ran. He didn't want to play Virginia's game and that's what killed him. And I'm like, no, June, he asked you to come with him and you said no. And, and eventually it was Dakota who killed him. But if you'd been with him, if you'd gone with your husband, he would have he'd be alive today. And right. she, I totally. mean, maybe they'll come to that conclusion <sighs> and she'll, she'll have to change her tune. But saying that he died because he ran, he was like, Dying of depression, uh living in Virginia's yeah. colonies So screw June for saying that. Screw the writers for putting those words in her mouth.
1: Yeah, that was terrible. Um, and we also have to talk about this other faction who has this like they're using that errant non-exploded warhead to make weapons out of walkers. Um also so they've they're... built a catapult. Yes. So like, and not
0: just like a crappy one, they've built one out of metal. Like
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's all that going on. Uh kind of an interesting idea at least in terms of like weaponizing walkers, but it would
0: be interesting if there weren't like just five or six of these guys and Strand has again and again shown that he has like military superiority in the area. Right. And so not only did they get there with a catapult undetected, uh they also like Strand's guys are not willing to just go out and kill them all. Yeah. Like they- I don't
1: it just seems again, unlikely. And also
0: John Dory could shoot him. those five guys in, in five seconds. I feel like, you know, or maybe like 10 seconds.
1: Yeah. Ridiculous. And then, you know, there's the other, the other part of this is like, all right, so you've got this other faction, they're out there, you have all these patrols and you haven't come across any of these people. Um, I don't know. It just feels again really implausible the fact that you need morgan's help is implausible the fact that you're using a baby as bait and all this other stuff implausible but again we we co- all come back to the theme that strand is like did these things and At least she doesn't want to see him, but she might want to see Morgan. It just, again, just so annoying and ridiculous. Um,
0: Wendell's also back in this episode in like a very strange sort of sidekicky role as radio guy (laughs) to relay what uh, John Dory Sr. is saying. And then then actually he does have like a laugh out loud moment later in this episode when Strand accuses him of uh, maybe poisoning him. Because he's yeah. like, you're just mad that I sent Sarah away. And Wendell's like, what? You yeah. Did what? And that was actually pretty funny.
1: It was funny. And also, like, my theory that maybe the actor didn't want to be on the show anymore. So they actually showed him. So I'm like, all right, at least Wendell's here. That's all right. Um, but yeah, so we we leave this team where, like, they've they've now, at the end of all this, Um, He only he almost throws Morgan off the roof, uh, Strand does, and for poisoning him. And then uh, Grace gets involved again with the walkie talkie at the 11th hour to say that, oh, there's still more of these things walking around and I can help you. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately they're like, we'll not make Morgan a martyr. And then Morgan is supposed to go out and find Alicia um so that's where we leave this um yeah. and then uh, I guess on to the next episode which is Padre and this is very much an Alicia episode and so we actually get to find out what happened with Alicia um but you know oh,
0: but, yeah actually at the end of this episode at the end of whichever one we were just talking about that's when he, Dwight and Sherry write up to Morgan right and um right they find, yeah, they go into this camp of Tuscan Raiders and it's it's Alicia's camp, apparently. There she is, she takes off her hat. And then the nuke zombies show up and these idiots shoot them apparently right in the stomach to make them explode into a cloud of red powder, yep. uh, which is the bad powder. I guess. The <laughs> yep. warriors like run away. And so they run away. Uh, and then the next episode is called Padre. And uh, here we almost get, and I almost had to eat my words about like, show us a cool bunker episode. They still have they still haven't, they still still haven't, but it was closer, right? At least this guy who plays Will gets a little more screen time, even though he's dead in the current timeline. There's a lot of flashbacks here.
1: Yeah. We see
0: Alicia like figuring out what she's doing. I mean, if this is the extent of the story of how Alicia came to be the leader of the bunker people, it's woefully inadequate. She just kind of starts to assert herself through mega violence and they're like, "Cool, you're you're cool with us. Yeah. We'll follow you anywhere. Insane lady. Uh, Well, they're also
1: insane. And so like, they've been,
0: they've been conditioned to think of her as their leader, I guess, which is maybe going to be okay. But I don't think, I don't think it's enough. It's not enough for me anyway.
1: No. And it doesn't make sense completely because you would imagine that they as nutty as they are. And it like would, sort of want her to go along with their dogma and they, she doesn't, she just is like, I'm the leader now and you're not going to do this. And they're like, okay, okay. Boss lady.
0: Yeah. Uh, you don't um, want us to do all the things that Teddy taught us to do. No problema. We're ready to, to listen to you.
1: <laughs> so she's in this bunker and she does find will. Um, and it's, again, we already know this cause he said this, but like, he was an aide to Senator Vasquez and had been hiding. Senator Vasquez was killed. He was tied to the tree. And, um, you know, this is how we finally learn not that much more about Padre, but just the fact that it supposedly exists was a safe haven from this fallout. And that's like, and again, it's like, how do so many people know about this Padre thing, right? Uh, It's a little weird um, that this would be such a, you know, like... Well, well-known thing, yet so secret, and so it's going to be ridiculous when it actually gets revealed. I suspect.
0: You know how stupid it is too that there's like a top-secret binder on her desk. Yeah, um, top-secret. That, that apparently doesn't have the location of the site in it. That only the Senator Vasquez yeah. knew it. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little. I was a little bit also eating my words that like, oh gosh, they name dropped Senator Vasquez twenty times in the first episode of this of the season, and then they just say he's dead. And they do sort of trot him back out. And there's this insane theory that Alicia has about him. Yes. Having the knowledge of Padre and that he'll just walk there because he wants to go back.
1: She even says, I know this is insane. And it's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's not something that happens. Like somehow walkers now have this little homing thing that they yeah. do, I guess. So Uh, she's
0: lost it. Like, and I get it. Like, you know, 10 years into the apocalypse wouldn't take me 10 years to go insane. That's for sure. But Alicia, it feels like is going insane. Uh, You know what? Morgan's been insane like in three different seasons of the show. So it's fine. Uh, She gets to have an insane season. Morgan can be the the stable one. Maybe. uh, I don't
1: know, but they're all still, you know, they've got more of these radioactive explosive walkers with the crazy dust and um. (laughs) you know, uh, covering themselves in radioactive guts, um, which Morgan even comments (laughs) upon, but they still do anyway.
0: I think they're leaning Um, back into the guts. Yeah, because, you know, way
1: back into the guts. We saw Mickey do it. We're we're seeing other people do it. Yep. it's There I was
0: thinking that when uh, Gabriel went blind, the entire universe was going to be like, you know what? Yeah, guts is over because in season two, Season two of, Walk- of Fear the Walking Dead, Nick became like this invincible, invincible dude who could go through crowds of zombies just by like dabbing a little bit on his forehead. Uh, and I remember when we first met Lucy and her scouts uh, for the Colonia, she used to just have it like under her eyes. Like it was um, yep, sun- just
1: a little bit and that'll keep them away. A
0: dab will do you. Uh, but then I would think, you know, Dave Erickson, who was the showrunner at that time, um, realized that was. Breaking all the possible tension that they had with the zombies, uh but here they're um when we haven't seen, I don't think Shambles and Goldberg use guts yet, yeah. or have we am I might just forgetting I might just be repressing the memory right. guts is back
1: um and you know we we have to like look at um um we have to really look at how alicia you know as you 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 intimated in the last episode um you know she she she's not looking so good um and uh like a little sweaty a little sweaty, a little peaky. She says she's malnourished and all that all yeah. that like um you know um all that jazz. She tells
0: Morgan um, she hasn't eaten in a week, but she's also like super upset that their camp just got irradiated by zombie dust. When she's like, all of our food was there. I'm like, if you had food there, why haven't you been eating in a week? And like, how are you supposed to be leading this group of people?
1: You know, and there's like a ton of flashbacks, and they do reveal some pretty crazy stuff. Um, and ultimately, you know, she has her, her bananas theory that zombies still have like an echo of themselves left in, hence her idea that the the senator is gonna get back to Padre. Um, and that's what she's gonna um do with Morrigan to try to to find the I guess, the safety zone. Um, We still have Strand's soldiers all on their heels and looking for, you know, guests to get them. It's just bizarre. And we finally get, like, the reunion between Strand and Alicia. And it's a little bit, like, I
0: don't know. Well, Um, it's annoying, uh, not least because Morgan had just gotten done, like, one scene earlier, at saying to Alicia, look, I've been trying to set up communities, and they all fail. Right. The last one only failed because of nuclear war. I don't know that you could have done anything about that, Morgan. It wasn't really Mm -hmm. your fault. Uh, Please come and be my right-hand lady. And then Strand gives her the exact same speech 20 seconds later, it feels like. Mm -hmm. And and Morgan's just sitting there like, this is dumb. And I'm (laughs) sitting there too going like, yeah, I feel like I'm having deja vu. And I don't like how overt the show is being with this like, oh, the duality, the the binary nature of our moral yeah. dilemma here. It's I just, know. It's, too, and it's, it's like, too basic.
1: It's too basic. And you have like basically Morgan and Strand both like like fighting over her. And it's like, well, she can clearly lead on her own. So you're not really offering her exactly. Yeah. You know, that seems ridiculous to me.
0: Like come and, um, come and be my number two is basically. Yeah. <laughs> like that's,
1: they're both of their pitches. And it's like, uh okay. um. And then uh, ugh, the most annoying part of this episode is that, you know, because, you know, in, in his whole confrontation between Morgan and Alicia, uh, Strand is like, you know, threatening to kill zombie senator. And um, Alicia throws herself like, come on, throws herself between, you know, like strand,
0: um, and, Morgan the, and the zombie this, and the
1: zombie. And she gets her arm bitten. Oh no. Um, and so ridiculous. And then of course we see a little bit more about why she's okay, because actually her arm is fake. <laughs> like it's a, <laughs> it's a mechanical arm because <laughs> I mean, you know, in this, in this, like, um,
0: and now it's a stabby arm.
1: Now it's a stabby arm. Um, so this is like, like a whole, you know, um, flashback. This isn't her first run in with the zombie Senator, but she gets like, um, there, there's like a whole scene with her and will and the the tunnel collapses and they're on this thing with the Senator and he actually gets a good bite in, in on her in this place. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there is, um, there is then like the whole flashback that she had managed to chop off her infected arm, which, by the way, is really, really hard. Um, really hard. She doesn't hard. Even have
0: a knife. She has that stupid barrel of the Browning yeah. machine gun still. That yep. it, it has a bit of a sharp end, but it doesn't have like a blade. So it
1: doesn't. And so I would think that it would be very hard to get this off. It's like cleanly. the worst amputation
0: it, ever, and only it, only it, underscores how idiotic her uh, insistence that she got a fever from a zombie bite is later. right.
1: Right. Um, but you know, again, she survives it. She's got like, you know, she wakes up, she's got her, like, she's being, uh, nursed back to health. Um, and then she gets all the, the, um, all the deets from, from will. And she's kind of like, Oh, well, maybe I, I'm still not, you know, what? Cause I, cause she has a fever and she wanted him to kill her, but you know, She's like, hey, um, like, so there's like all that weirdness between them. And that was the whole mystery about what he wouldn't do with, that. They implied earlier. Again, kind of annoying. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, like
0: she, she's so convinced that she as a zombie is going to kill everybody when they have done nothing but uh, like de-ball zombies this entire show. Like zombies are not a threat. So she's like, oh, if I turn into a zombie, a lot of people could die. Like, I know. yeah, that's a season one concern, uh, right. Alicia. And you're a season seven person. So you should just be like, hey, you know what? Like, hey, I'm glad you didn't kill me because I'm alive. <laughs> right? I don't know. She, it's a stupid thing to be mad at Will about is, is what I mean. Like they're in this bunker with a bunch of people who Will might be a newbie, but all these other people have been in the zombie apocalypse for a long time. <laughs> one yeah. zombie in the bunker, they already had one. It was called Senator Vasquez. Would be fine. These people would be okay.
1: Yeah, totally one more all good um and you know they um they they sort of continue like Morgan and Alicia are gonna go and keep hopefully going towards Padre and then they have this whole weird moment where they see the the light in the sky and Alicia's like oh my gosh it's Padre and Morgan's like that's just Strand's tower yeah they didn't go there
0: anyway which I thought was kind of funny I know
1: I know and um Maybe she had to see it. She had to see it to believe it. She's basically uh, it's, like. It's
0: so, so anticlimactic. Yeah, the dumb zombie just walks into the other wall of zombies. And and Morgan's like, well, that's the end of that. Never going to see him again.
1: I know, I know. And then, you know, she's finally like, uh, the, the virus is still like there and I'm going to succumb to it in the future. So it's my hope that to find this. um." to find this padre for everybody before I die again how much loyalty does this woman have to the crazy lunatics in you know that Teddy had left behind like that to me is again a weird
0: yeah Um, and and also just like now that those people have all gone to the sub they're really they're just another group of filler people who are gonna all die Uh, and we've just seen this too many times to feel we're not gonna feel anything for them like what about the convoy people remember the convoy uh yeah. you know the freaking Lawton the freaking Lake Town none yeah. of these places have meant anything and the, t- no. the show does uh increasingly less and less work to make us feel anything for them and it just so it ends up being like meaningless like yeah. so there's a bunch of people there doesn't matter
1: uh and you know they're just fodder and they don't mean a thing like we won't get any kind of info on them um and so we finally have the dark reunion between Alicia and Will, or zombified Will. And so she confirms that Strand had done this to, to him. And um, also, I don't know if this was smart, but he's basically like, "Yeah, he loved you." Um, and <laughs> she she's all like, "Okay, I can't I can't go along with Strand." Which again, I don't think she would have. Like, I just think this is all completely implausible. Um, and you know, now it's sort of like setting up the fact that there's going to be this huge conflict later on. I'm sorry, on. but this um, line
0: that she pronounces at the end of this episode,
1: too. <laughs>
0: she, then we're going to war. And right. I the, laughed out loud. I, I did,
1: too. I was just like, what is this? Like, what? What? Uh, anyway, just terrible. Terrible. This,
0: yeah. This was, there were one or two bright moments. Like I said, I like the song Welcome to Jamrock. Uh, is that the only thing that I enjoyed about these four episodes? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, Maybe. We'll see if Alicia Tyler comes back. Uh, part of me hopes that she runs far and far away from this show. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got no more interest in it. Really, we have eight more episodes to get through. I'm hope they haven't announced that this is the last season, but I really wish it was.
1: Uh, agree. <laughs> We'll see, I suppose. Um, and you know, um, you know, we have to, we'll have to, I guess, like plod through the rest of this season, but I su- suggest we probably, once it comes out, we do it in the same way. Cause I don't think I can do this piecemeal. Um, but for now we're putting, we're putting this to bed. Um, so if anybody has any, commentary, thoughts. Um, maybe you loved it. And if you did, I want to hear who loved it. Um, and feel free to send us an email, uh, at gmail.com. You can tweet at us reanimatedpcast or leave a note on our uh, website, reanimatedpodcast.com. Um, and I don't know what we're talking about next week. What are we talking about next week? Well, we
0: have a few choices. We can either stay with Walking Dead and do season 11 or... <laughs> We can talk about Virus32. There are other options. Maybe we should have a chat um, over the course of the coming week cool. before we, right. uh, we well, podcast again.
1: All right. We will do that. Um, but until next time, ciao.
0: Thanks for listening and bye.